Hi, everyone. It's Mark Stinson here, and you've reached our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, where we're talking with creative people literally all over the world. Some there in publishing, uh, film, animation, music, even medical research, where they get their inspiration, how they organize their thoughts, and then how they get it out into the world. And I'm just so glad to have today my friend Becky Dembowski with us. She's an author of children's books, a photographer, formerly medical marketing and sales. Becky Dembowski. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. I guess, Becky, I'd be remiss if I didn't include in that uh, introduction that you have a little farm in the city, turkeys and ducks and... Peacock's my favorite, of course. <laughs> Glad to have you with us. Well, thank you, Mark. This is a very exciting time, and I'm so excited to share. So thanks for having me, and hopefully we can inspire all your audience today. Well, Becky and I were having coffee recently, and I said, hey, I'm starting this new podcast, and it's about creative people who try to get published and you know recorded and produced and you know have the courage to get it out in the world. And I said, if you know any writer, photographers, she gets this little smile on her face. She says, you know, I'm sitting right here. Oh. Oh, I love it. You've been through that whole journey. I mean, your your book is called Scarlet's Journey, but you've been through this creative journey too. Tell us a little bit about the kind of ups and downs and curves and potholes along the way to getting a book like this out. Well, I'm going to just say right now, I am not your perfect model of what an author is, right? I have never been into the structure of writing. And so my journey really began with the actual story, the story of Scarlett and how she impacted my life. And I had a lot of uphill battles with learning how to publish, right? Everything from the ISBN number, what are the rules within the industry of writing a children's book, and who do I need to contact for the things that I don't know, and how do I hand that job over when I'm done with my homework, I like to say. So, Definitely the peaks and valleys. Um, It's like climbing a huge mountain. And if you're not able to relax at the plateaus, like when things feel stagnant, you're likely to give up. And so um, I met some amazing people on my journey that just literally kept me going. So yeah, whatever we want to talk about. Obviously, your wife has a major impact on my journey. She's my editor. And just that encouragement of the things that we feel like we can't get done. Just always know that there are people out there to really help you along the way. Um, I met my illustrator online. She's in Texas and we work strictly online, but she made it all completely possible. She did something that she's never done before, which is take an original image and put an artistic 3D uh, touch to it for my images. So yeah, we'll we'll go into each detail on kind of how the process works for anybody who's considering, you know, writing a book and maybe not necessarily a children's book, but even a novel of some kind. So there's different, there's different platforms that help you along the way to keep you organized. Well, let's start then where you did. And that's the story, the inspiration. Who is Scarlett? Tell us a little about the impact she had on your life. (laughs) Yeah. So Scarlett, uh, is a little runner duck. She was nest. She was the first to be born with her mother and her mother had other eggs to hatch, but Scarlett got restless and she had been wandering basically away from her nest and we had heard her cry. And when we tried to bring her back with her mother, she refused to go. And then her mom actually got spooked. But so we ended up bringing Scarlett in and literally raising her until she was full grown, just a little bit of back history. They do what's called an imprint. You are their parent. There is no like escaping, like dropping her into a box and, you know, leaving her on a heat lamp. 
And so she followed us everywhere. And at the time I was working for a gynecologist. I literally took her to work every day. (laughs) I took her to Costco. I took her to my daughter's appointments and school. And, uh, you know, she was everywhere with us. So she made a lasting impression on me and she and I ended up documenting her stories on Facebook and Facebook for me was really not anything. I mean, I just, you know, was very casual with it. And it wasn't until I started getting direct messages that these friends of mine's husbands only wanted to know what was happening in the day of life of Scarlett. And so it really kind of came clear to me that I, it, the story wasn't just about what I was experiencing. It was for everybody's unfolding. So not to spoil the story, but um, Scarlett, you know, she does die. Of course, in the children's book, she's, you know, she lives on in, in every imaginative book. We, w- we want the best um, ending of the story, but um, she really had an imprint on my life. I don't know that I can describe more of a spiritual push to make her story be known and um, find some closure, obviously, in my heart and grieving for her. Her story lives on and through the books and every day. It's an amazing story when you get to read to children and their expressions and their laughter. And it's it's great. I think I'd like to go there before we get into logistics of books, because obviously Scarlett had an impact on your life. But you were talking about sharing this story and reading this book to children. You know, you've, you've done book readings at libraries and schools and that sort of thing. Tell us about the reaction kids have to this story. Yeah. During my process with my editor... I want to I want to I want to emphasize this because a lot of people think that when they hire an editor that they have to change certain things and and through my journey you know being very vulnerable and my and a first time thing I just want to say my editor was very graceful in the fact that she allowed me to use my vocabulary, how I speak, right? Because at the time, I didn't even realize I'm going to be reading this book someday to to kids. And if I'm not familiar with a word or a phrase or an expression, it might feel awkward. And so this book is very real. It's, it's again, it's based on a true story. And so we talk about the funny things because as a kid, it's funny when you fart and it's funny when you poop, right? And so there's a lot of poop when you have a runner duck or any animal for that matter. That I think is the highlight of everything because their imaginations are so real and raw. It enlightens us. We get to, you know, kind of vicariously live our little childhood again through them because they're laughing and giggling and they're curious. You know, there's so many unique questions that come from just one picture that you wouldn't have thought of as an adult. I think that's the magic, really, is to see their expressions and aha moments. And um, the detail in this book is very specific, and it brings them to real life. You know, when they see a, a runner duck or a duck in the park, they are re- it's relatable. And, of course, Scarlett meets all kinds of little new friends, and she plays hide-and-go-seek. And just like with children, you know, they're doing those games, too. And so it's just resonating with the sense of attachment. They're relatable. That's truly my pure joy of being able to read to an audience of children that just are so pure. How fun. You also bring ducks with you to these. Oh, yes. Yeah. So again, I think of our listeners who say, how can I sort of dramatize and bring the joy to what, you know, I got to do a book signing. I got to do a reading. But you, you really make it a experience in an event. You've hit it on the mark. The thing is, is you, you have to be authentically you, right? So I created a stamp. What kid doesn't love a stamp on their hand, right? So Scarlett's actually a stamp. They get to take her home. Whether you're at a, a book signing and you made cookies that represent your book or something unique to your, your, your market, whether it's a bookmark or some kind of product that carries 
your branding to that customer, right? That carries throughout them, whether it's a magnet or, you know, it could be a banner and it represents something for you, but, you know, really think outside the box. I don't always get to take babies, um, you know, cause it's just not in season sometimes, but it's so important to educate whatever your book is about. Remember to be authentic, but also unique into what you can bring to the table, whether, you know, you're bringing something that you love and cherish. I love it. You started by saying that you are not the conventional children's book author. As I recall, there's no agent. There's no publisher. It's you. It's you. (laughs) Becky, the CEO, author, and uh, book promotion director. Tell us about that. So in my research, you can decide to seek out a publisher and, you know, to be picked up, I say, but a lot of that freedom for me, and this is just for me, I felt like a lot of my freedom to choose my illustrator, to choose my editor was, would have been taken away if I had went with a publisher and the waiting game, to be honest, I don't have the patience. I had a story. It was, it was close to my heart and I wanted to get it out there. And so I chose the self-publishing route. Now it is a lot more homework, right? We have to do our homework. Like, and I'm not a rule follower either, Mark, you know, that and so <laughs> right you know, between I had, the lines yeah whatever I need to do to get by yes. but <laughs> I am um, I found out you know like in order for you to be considered for awards or you know consideration for other entities or categories you have to follow certain guidelines and so like for instance this children's book she had to be 32 pages you have to have so much involved in it that you qualify then but as a self-publisher I had all that freedom I felt yes I have to do the work but I'll be honest with you even with a publisher you still are your own marketer you are your biggest promoter. You have the passion and desire and drive to get that book in front of people. And if you give that up to somebody who's got 10,000 books that they're trying to sell, where do you think you fit in on the line? You know, people don't just become a number one seller overnight. So it's kind of like, why are, why do you want to do this? Right? Why are we in it? It's definitely never, ever, ever for the money. It's because we have a story to share and we want to get it out on, on paper. But the biggest thing I will say, if you are interested in writing a book and you feel it on your heart, write it. Don't think about what anybody else is going to think because you can carry that on as your legacy. Your children can sell it. Your, you know, your family members can enjoy it. And it's a part of you. Documented. Gosh, there's so many people I talk to that speak from fear. You know what? It's not hard. It's it's not. Yeah, you got to put in the work. But you're right. I mean, it's so interesting as you describe your process. Is like get the story right. Write the story that you want to tell. Then determine parameters, pages, editing, illustrations. You are a member of the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators that would provide some of those guidance parameters. But get the story right first. Yeah, and and I'm not sure all of the avenues. I mean, I did so much research. I ended up joining a conference that was here locally within 12 hours of that conference starting. And I think that was my biggest eye opener. So I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna say it again, don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. Cause believe me, right out of the gate, I had somebody tell me no. So I attended the conference and it wasn't a no, like, no, this isn't a good book. It was that no, my formatting was not a children's book format because it was more of a journal entry initially. They said, these are chapter books. And I didn't know, I mean, I don't even know what category at this point that I even would qualify in. And so it wasn't until I had already committed to my illustrator. I had already put up the money 
to hold me accountable on my first page. And I was like, I can't quit now. So I had to rewrite the entire book because now I find out some new rules. I could have quit then. Nobody knew. Nobody knew I was writing a book. Somebody told me no. And of course, my personality definitely is when you tell me no, I'm definitely going to do it <laughs> to show you I can. But I had to restructure, right? Because in my mind, I was just writing, like you said, her story. There's a lot of great information out there. And I will tell you, when you're looking, be careful because there's a lot of bait and switch people that think you have to pay big money to participate in how they're going to help you. And you don't. Um, I'm just going to say, it. you don't have to have that. Just write your book. The the people will come. And, and again, it's, it's, it's a really good thing. I ended up joining that organization because that's kind of where your re- your reward is. You know, you're amongst people and it's a little more intense for me because I'm not, like I said, a writer, but there is a great resource, a lots of opportunity to enter awards and recognitions. Great reference. But um, again, it's just research your research and research, um, do your homework. So interesting you're saying about these classes, coaches, w- write the book for you. All those hurdles are really removed today, aren't they? Yes. Uh, the, the channels are open, the technology is available, the resources are findable. So mm-hmm. you can overcome that stuff, can't you? There are some really important things. I'll tell you, you have to have an ISBN number from Balker. You should never buy your ISBN number from any outsource because you don't know if they're giving you a UPC code for a grocery store item. Where you get your book printed is important, especially if you go overseas. I've gone through both China and Japan. Definitely working with a printer company that's familiar with how they print, meaning do they specialize in children's books or are they working on workbooks or calendar? You know, you got to be very specific of how they work and ask the right questions like, how long does my book going to take to get there? Are there any extra fees at the shipping yard? You know, is the final price the final price? Because when you're printing a book overseas, the price of paper changes all the time. You're going to get a quote. And don't, you know, you don't want to get it until you're ready to print, but you're going to get a quote and that quote can change. So, you, you know, understand that there's a parameter of cost that's going to impact your fees. And obviously you can go through Amazon and not have to worry about any printing. You can use a printing company, but I will tell you printing overseas is worth the wait because your book is a lot less and you can have more freedom of giving your book away because you paid, you know, two to $3 for a book that's going to cost in state, you know, 10 or $15 to print. So just keep that in mind. Becky, that's so interesting. As I've talked to creative people, the varied interests So we've been focusing on the book and author, but you you know, you enjoy photography, you've got the farm, you've got gardening, you're a mom, you're a wife, you teach your own seminars. I mean, how how many creative buckets do you have a brush in? What what is your next big project? What's on the horizon for you? Oh man, I the biggest thing that I'm I'm opening up to is Zoom. I've been dabbling a lot with Zoom just from the experience of COVID. Um, I teach numerology workshops. I own my own company. I have three companies, so it's a definitely a juggle. Sometimes it's difficult to shift that energy. I think just reaching a larger audience through the capability of Zoom and really expanding that mentorship and being available for people who want to shortcut that work process. My biggest passion is obviously the energy work that I work with, both with mother and daughters and adults, just teaching and holding space for these people that are ready. And and again, it, it's all part of the process. I, I wouldn't have these three businesses without all that. It, nice. it definitely keeps an interesting schedule. <laughs> <laughs> an interesting schedule. That's a, that's a nice quote. Great soundbite for a creative person. How do you keep it all straight? 
Well, you've been very generous with your experience and your insight. You know, if, if you were talking directly to somebody who might be listening, but in a kind of a one-on-one way, and you say, look, you might feel stuck, you might go over these peaks and valleys, but what is the passion for you that kept it going? Where did you find the creative fire? Here's, here's the thing. People often allow fear to stop them from moving forward. So the fear of what will people think, the fear of what if it's not good enough, the fear of imposter syndrome, I'm, I'm being somebody I'm really not. And all I can really say to that is, if you can ignore all the things that come into your mind, right? I call it the roommate, the subconscious mind, when they your roommate, right, tells you you can't do this for whatever reason. And I'm not going to get into all the details on that, but you know it's there. Allow yourself to feel the love of the story and push through this amazing thing and know that your story is meant to touch thousands. And I mean thousands. There's 7 billion people in this world. And if you can only touch thousands of them, wouldn't it be worth it? We all have a story. We all have a message. I'm just speaking to children on this level. My platform on different levels are to adults or to children. And I guess don't be afraid to fall. We all have to learn how to ride a bike, right? With our knees once in, once in a while, but it's worth it. I think the biggest thing is just to push through that fear, find out where it's coming from. Is it valid? And push through it. If you feel like you need help, there are so many people out there that can help you. And that's really what I did. I have my illustrator, editor. I have people that are supporting me all the time, friends. You know, my husband was my biggest cheerleader. And so just kind of push through that, you know, as much as you can and seek out that guidance because there's a lot of people that are willing to hold your hand to make it happen. That's terrific. You know, Becky, there, there's a natural close there, and I feel like I could just you know, let it uh, ride out into the sunset. But you, you mentioned a, a topic of imposter syndrome that I guess I'd really like to double back on. I think people think, uh, oh, you're so type A, you're so out there. People have told me, I can't, I can't believe you would ever not have the confidence to do something. So I can relate to what you say, because there are some times where you're like, this, this can't really be me. This can't really be happening. How, how did you overcome that? I, I, I don't know that I really ever had it. My thing, my thing is, is nobody, and in fact, I think your wife told me this, nobody would be an expert. We would never have an expert if we waited to be an expert. We have to figure it out along the way. And so through courage, because we're so passionate about what we're sharing, it doesn't matter what our background is. I mean, Mark, can you tell me if somebody's ever asked about your credentials of, you know, your college and your GPA and, you know, how did you No, nobody's ever really said, nobody's ever even seen my college degree. You know, it's like, right. <laughs> we, we right. spend so much time working on that thing. We want to go show it off. But I think when you're passionate about something, when you have this amazing fire inside of you, don't let anybody burn that out. Don't let anything in you know the outside world squash that because you it's it's in you. So I think the biggest thing is to really find love within yourself to know that what you are saying comes from the heart. And that's it. Like literally that's it. If somebody is calling you out or pushing you to like make you feel uncomfortable, well that's their thing. That's their insecurities. They're afraid because you are doing it, or they are afraid because of whatever their reasons of not 
succeeding. It's all part of the process, right? We have to get through those feelings of like, why does that feel the way it does? But get out of your way because if you've got something on your heart, it's going to happen. So, so good. Well, Becky, where can people connect with you and your work? So I've got my website, which is beckydombowski.com. And that's where you can purchase the books and kind of get more video and stories of both books that I wrote. Both both books that I wrote uh, are all based on true stories. You can order them on Amazon, Scarlet's Journey, The Adventures of a Runner Duck. And then I have Baby's Daddy. This wasn't our birth plan. You know, male turkey raised his babies. And that's a really fun, more masculine, you know, boy book. You can find me on Facebook. Most of my personal Facebook is all about my bird farm. So you can always see the shenanigans going on around there between the peacocks, the ducks and geese and chickens. There's always some kind of drama happening. Well, if you're feeling bored, let's just put it that way. You can come follow me. <laughs> well, if you want to read something on Facebook that has so, some other kind of shenanigans than, than you're used to on Facebook, then definitely go to Becky's page. <laughs> the debates and the drama yes. happening over there are a lot better than anything else you're going to see on that platform. Yes, yes, yes. There's some inappropriate activity in the spring, but other than that, other right than now that. we are, every everybody's behaving themselves in the fall. There you go. <laughs> Mostly G, but occasional PGs. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. Oh, Becky, yes. you're, you're a bundle of energy. I really appreciate the conversation. And even more than that, thanks, thanks for the insight that you've shared with people who really do have great ideas. I know you talk to a lot of people, as I do. They've got a book idea. They've got an art exhibit idea. They've got a record idea. And sometimes they feel stuck. And you've given us a lot of good, not only information, but inspiration to help us get that creative work out into the world. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. I hope you keep sharing your message and being that hand for everybody that needs that extra boost. It's extremely important work that you're doing. Well, thanks. And it's a lot of fun. Thanks, Becky. Thank you. Take care. Join me again next time with more on how to tap into your most original thinking, get inspiration from experts' own experiences, and gain specific tools, exercises, and formulas to help organize your ideas. And most of all, learn to make the connections and create the opportunities to get your creative work out into the world. I'm Mark Stenson. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or check out my website at www.mark-stenson.com. Dot com.